Um, well, this morning we're continuing on in our uh, sermon series on the Holy Spirit, and um, we're going to be talking about the gift of tongues this morning. And uh, I can remember the first time I heard someone praying in tongues. I was at a, a Christian discipleship uh, kind of school camp, and um, each morning we would get together and we would uh, we would worship. We, we would listen to the Word, and then we would pray together about the Word that God had spoken. And then we'd go out, and we'd be Jesus in the work projects that had been provided for us. And I can remember after one particular uh, sermon, one talk, um, people were encouraged just to pray individually for what they felt the Lord was, was kind of laying on their hearts. And um, I, I was still quite a new believer, and so I was kind of looking around the room, and uh, I suddenly heard this strange language, and I was like, what on earth is that? Oh, I've never heard this before. And so one of my friends, I, I kind of beckoned them over, and I said, um, what is that? Is that what they, what they kind of praying in? Is this some kind of language, uh, Arabic or, you know, I, I mean, and so anyway, he said, well, that's the, he, he's praying in tongues. And, and he explained to me that was a gift the Holy Spirit give, gave us. Uh, and so I said, well, could I get that gift? I'd quite like to do this. And he said, well, let's pray and see if the Holy Spirit gives you it. And so um, we simply prayed. Uh, he prayed. He didn't pray in tongues over me. He just prayed. And uh, he prayed for the release of the gift of tongues uh, over me. And then uh, he went off and prayed. And as I prayed, I started to get this new language. There was no sense of the Spirit kind of falling me in any sense. I wasn't out of control. I just suddenly got this new prayer language. And um, as I prayed, I felt I was praying from my heart. It was something that was flowing from my spirit, not my understanding. And I actually felt built up in the faith as I prayed. It was a completely new experience to me in the spirit. And since then, I've used this gift Often to pray when I just don't know what to pray. Have you ever had that where you're faced by a situation? It's normally a situation which just comes upon you. And um, you think, what on earth do I pray? And this gift allows us to pray. To pray guided by the Spirit. Because this is a gift given by the Spirit. And uh, I've also... Uh, 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 being able to sing in tongues, which is a wonderful thing, where you know you just you're just lost in that place of wonder, aren't you? And you and it's that that word, the English words don't have enough, and you, I'm just kind of launch into this singing in a heavenly language. It's a wonderful thing, and although I've I've experienced it, and I've seen it. I've never been given a tongue for the church, which has then been interpreted. So this morning we're looking at gifts of the tongue, gifts of tongues, uh, and probably of all the gifts, this is the most controversial, sadly, in the church today. Uh, I can remember uh, it was quite funny. Uh, me and a couple of friends, we really enjoyed Joyce Meyer's teaching, and we heard that she was going to do a conference in Belfast, and so we said, and so one of our friends said, "Let's go." And so my only caution was, "Is this a women's conference we're going to?" And he assured me, I mean, like this wasn't. So we booked, we went, and we got there. Well, it was. <laughs> and we were, we were kind of put up in the balcony, and there was about 15 men and about 5,000 women. It was an amazing conference. Joyce Meyer spoke incredibly. But on the last day, she turned off all the cameras, 
And she said, I want to pray for you to receive a gift that's going to radically help your Christian life. And I was like, I think I know what this is, but I'm, I'm excited. And she then prayed for us all to receive the gift of tongues and to be able to pray in tongues. And me and my two friends were laughing about that we'd just been at a women's conference for the first time and enjoyed it. Um, but uh, as we got to the airport at Belfast, we were standing in front of these two ladies and we, we eavesdropped into their conversation. I have to confess this. And they, they were saying about what had happened, just happened at the conference. And they basically said that what had happened was not from the Lord, it was from the devil. And this astonished me because I also knew which church they were from. And that church is committed to biblical truth. So let me pause to explain what I think was going on here, because I think it's important. So sensationists, they believe that uh, the gifts of the Spirit have ceased, all right? So what I think these two ladies were experiencing was what sensationists believed about the gift of tongues. Um, so when they, when they teach on 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, which is what we're going to be looking at, they look at it through the eyes of Acts 2. So what happened in Acts 2? What happened in Acts 2 is the Holy Spirit fell, and then the 120 were given earthly languages by the Spirit, so it was still a miracle, don't get me wrong. They were given this gift in order for all the Jews who were in Jerusalem that day, because it was for the Feast of Pentecost, that they would hear and understand the gospel. So they were given an earthly tongue, which then others could hear. But the problem is, is that sensationists have then used that as the benchmark for what the gift of tongues is. And that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about a gift given by the Spirit, which can be an earthly tongue, but also can be a heavenly tongue. So continuous, that would be us as a church, would counter this with the thought that what Paul's describing here is not an earthly language, but a heavenly language inspired by the Spirit that allows us to build ourselves up, but also to pray in the Spirit. If the sensationalist argument is to hold, then what we have to realize is that if we read through the book of Acts, that all other examples of this would be of earthly languages spoken in tongues, but they're not. They're heavenly languages. So therefore, there's real evidence, uh, there's a lack of evidence to say that the gift of tongues has ceased, that the heavenly gift of tongues has ceased, all right? So I believe Paul encouraged, commanded the church to continue to seek the gift, that's after Pentecost, because he saw it as key both in the life of the church, uh, if it's interpreted, but also in the devotional life of the believer. And it's very clear that Paul used the gift both in the church and in his devotional life, where he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So there's Paul. He's saying that there. Paul's not just keen that they use the gift in their devotional life, but when they use it in the church, they use it rightly. And if you read through 1 Corinthians 14, where we'll mainly be this morning, you'll see that that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to say to the church, look, if, you're going to, if, if someone is given a gift, they need to interpret it, and we'll look into that. So this morning, I'm going to try and answer some questions about this gift, which can be so divisive from the Bible, so we can know and understand it and encourage you to seek it 
and use it in your life. The Holy Spirit gives it to you. So these are the questions that we're going to look at. I'm going to try and get through all of them. What is the gift of tongues? Are there different types of tongue? Why should we seek the gift of tongues? Is it given instantly when a person believes in Jesus? Can anyone speak, pray, or sing in tongues? How can we receive it? How can we grow in it? So if I can get through all of that this morning, I'll be doing well. So uh, let's start at a pace. This comes from 1 Corinthians 12, 10, where Paul writes, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, notice it's plural, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. So there's, there's two main gifts that Paul's uh, talking about here. So what is the spiritual gift of tongues? Well, I think of all the definitions, Sam Storms gives the best. The gift of tongues is simply the spirit energized ability. So notice it's the spirit again who gives it. Energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than your own or you might have learned in school. Okay, let me read it again. The gift of tongues is simply the spirit energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than your own or you might have learned in school. So if, if that's the... <coughs> if that is... The definition, that would lead me to, to think, and if I could get a glass of water, I'd be very grateful. <coughs> I shouldn't have had that chocolate on them. <coughs> so that would lead me to think that there are different types of tongues. I'm just going to clean my throat once again. <coughs> okay, so this is what I would say are the different types. So there's firstly the, the type that Paul uses uh, to define what's in the church that's used in the body. Thank you very much. Right, here we go. So the first is the one used in the church body. So that's speaking in tongues. It's a heavenly language on the whole. It could be an earthly language. But on the whole, what Paul is talking about here is a heavenly language that needs to be interpreted. So that is what is used in church mainly. Then there is the gift of tongues that is used in our devotions. That's praying in tongues and singing in tongues. Okay? So let's start with this gift that's used in the church, pray or speaking in tongues. So this is done in the body and it needs to be interpreted if it's going to stand. So 1 Corinthians 14, 27 to 28, it says this. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at, at most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. So here it gives us some clear um, in, uh, instructions about how this gift is to be used in the church. Here Paul's talking about someone speaking in a tongue given by the Holy Spirit in a service which must be interpreted if it's going to stand. So the tongue is spoken, that's the revelation, that's from God, and then the person interprets it to tell the church what it is, what it means. So at Holy Trinity, where I used to be, I sometimes I managed to get myself in a bit of a hot water at the um, last prayer ministry training because I said here at Holy Trinity, I went, oops, that's not, well, I'm, I'm not at Holy Trinity anymore. But at Holy Trinity, uh, we used to have a couple and one would share a tongue and the other would interpret it. And it was often done in the prayer meeting. And it was a wonderful gift and it inspired us to pray and to praise God. Now, uh, one, there was a significant moment when this happened. And some of you will know that um, there was a moment in, the, um, in Holy Trinity where our sanctuary was basically set on fire. Uh, 
And we were just about to go into a major building project and it meant we had to stop that building project and to focus on the sanctuary. And it was quite a, it could have been quite a despairing moment for us as a church. But that, the, the Sunday after we had the arson attack, uh, this couple, one of them shared a tongue and the other interpreted the tongue. And a boy did it. it. It did two things. Firstly, it pushed us into prayer to God about this. And secondly, it made us praise God because of what had been shared. And it was a significant moment. So that, there, that's what it looks like in the body. And just a quick comment on the gift of interpretation. This is specifically tied to tongues here. It's not a general gift of interpretation so that you can interpret dreams and other things as well. But it's purely tongues given in the midst of the body. So it could be as a long or a shorter word, but it explains the tongue. So is a tongue the same as prophecy? Well, yes, in that they're both a revelation from God, but no in the sense that tongues is directed more towards God and prophecy is given more for a person from God. Tongues is directed to God, as Paul makes clear in the scriptures, and will lead the gathering to prayer and praise and thanksgiving and adoration. Therefore, it's slightly different from prophecy. Now, there is the other type of speaking in tongues that we saw in Acts 2, and that sometimes happens. I have never seen it, but I've read accounts of it where someone speaks in an earthly tongue. It's a tongue they don't know. It's a language they don't know. Someone hears that in the gathering, and it's basically often the gospel. And then they receive the gospel, and you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But I've never seen it, but I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. So if someone gives a tongue and someone stands up and goes, I've just received the gospel and I believe in Jesus, well, praise the Lord. I'll take that. So there is speaking in tongues. So let's now move into uh, this gift given for our devotions, praying in tongues. This is given so the believer can pray in the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, which builds the believer up. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But the one who prophesies edifies a church. So this gift is amazing because it actually builds us up. And there have been many situations when I have had to pray in tongues because I just don't know. I don't know what to pray. Like uh, on Friday morning when, or Friday lunchtime when Dave phoned me, Dave's actually away. So we were trying to sort this out and I'm just so thankful to all the team who pulled this together. But my first reaction could have been, oh, we haven't got Bologna High School again. Oh, and gone into this pity party. Or I could have put the phone down, which I had, and I started to pray in tongues. Because it doesn't just build you up, but it allows you to pray in the Spirit. Well, on Thursday morning, I was praying in tongues. And um, it was really interesting because I didn't go into my prayer time Get, having this deep desire to be a friend of Jesus. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't there in my mind. But after about 10 minutes of praying in tongues, this deep desire within me started to rise up in my spirit to know Jesus as my friend. Like, and that came by the Spirit. That came as I, as I aligned myself to pray in the Spirit. And it was like, oh, I want to know Jesus more. I want to be his friend. You know? And I have to say, when I, I started praying in tongues, it was a bit like... Oh, it's Thursday morning. <laughs> By the end of it, I was like, I want to know Jesus. So we see praying the Spirit, uh, praying in tongues is an amazing gift because we pray in the Spirit and we partner with the Spirit and it builds us up in our faith. 
And then there's singing in the Spirit. I hope you never hear me singing in the, in the Spirit, singing in tongues, but it does happen. Um, and it's, it, it, you're completely in control, but there is a point where you just get to, where English words uh, just don't get to, and you just want to just start singing in the Spirit. And it's a wonderful thing. Remember what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. You're inspired by the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are some times in our services where we just, some, you'll hear it, someone starts to sing in tongues. They're just like in that place of wonder and worship. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, some have argued that singing in tongues should not happen in services unless it's interpreted. Well, having thought through this, I think there are times when as a church we meet together to praise God where there are not any unbelievers. And I think that's okay because we know what's happening. We just know someone is caught up in worship and they're just praising it. But there are other places, maybe in our services, such as the carol service or the Easter family service or the baptism service, where there are non-believers in the congregation and where it might be off-putting to them if we started just to sing in tongues. They're going, what on earth is that? And they get distracted. But I think in places such as the evening service and sometimes in our morning service and in our house groups, it's an amazing place to sing in tongues. Just to be lost in wonder and awe of God. So those are the the different types of tongue. Why should we seek the gift of tongues? Well, I want to just rapidly go through this. The first is the gift of tongues is given for the good of the church and for the believer. Right? It deepens our relationship with God, which is what we want. It's an amazing gift, but also um, it is another way that. God speaks to the church if a, if, a, if a tongue is given and it's interpreted. And it's important that we seek it and we don't ridicule it. This is one of the most ridiculed gifts in the church today. I'm not talking about, I'm talking worldwide church. And you can see why. If it deepens our relationship with Jesus, then the enemy would go after it, wouldn't he? The, the, the gift of tongues allows us to speak to God by the Spirit, both in our prayer and praise. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For anyone who speaks in the tongue does not speak to people, but to God. That's the focus. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Praying in tongues allows me to express my, my um, heart guided by the Spirit. It's not intellectual, but it's, a, it's something that is inspired by my Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming together. And Paul, Paul addresses this when he says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. What Paul says here is that there are times for us to pray in our understanding. There are times when we know what to pray. You know, so Laura had her jab yesterday. And she's not feeling very well today, so I knew what to pray. I pray for strength and for health and for restoration. Okay? But there are other times when, you know, like Harry has a really bad dream. And, you know, I, I bind the bad dream, I bind, but there's, other, there's something going on, so I pray in the Spirit. 
Why? Because the spirit knows what Harry needs in that moment. So there are, there are times for both. Why should we seek the spirit? Because it builds us up. 1 Corinthians 14.4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Yeah, I can remember, I still remember clearly last year when I got the call at about 2 o'clock in the morning and it was my mum saying, you've got to get to the royal. Your, your, your dad's just been taken there and they don't know if he's going to live. You know, and, you know, what did I do when I got in the car? I didn't know what to pray in that moment because I was in such distress. So what did I do? I prayed in the spirit. I prayed in tongues. And boy, for the 50 minutes it took me to get from blink body, I confess, to the royal. Like, boy, was I like, I was like on some spiritual, I walked straight into A&E, grabbed my mom, you know, gave her a big hug and, you know, prayed. I, I, was, I was ready. You know, and we, we sat there and we gave dad to the Lord. And I was only, only able to do that because of this gift, you know. Now, some of you might think it's wrong to build yourself up. But actually, isn't that what we do when we read the Bible? When we come together in praise. Actually, Jude 1.20 says this, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. It's a command that we build each other up, that we edify ourselves in a sense. And we do that by praying in the Spirit. It's just one of the gifts. The Word is another. That we read the Word, that we meditate on the Word, we get it in, that the Spirit can use us. And some have wondered how uh, a tongue, a mysterious heavenly language, can edify someone. And Gordon Fee writes this, Contrary to the opinion of, of many, spiritual edification can take place in ways other than through the cortex of the brain. See, in the West, we are so brain-focused. We're so thinking focused, and that is often so opposed to the life of the Spirit. Paul believed in an immediate communion with God by means of the Spirit that sometimes bypassed the mind. And in verses 14 and 15 of 1 Corinthians 14, he says this. He argues that for his own edification, he will have both. Both, uh, but in the church, you have only what also communicates to other believers through their minds. So that means, it, you know, when we're on our own, we can pray in the Spirit. We can pray in tongues. We can sing in tongues. But if we're going to speak a tongue in a church, it has to be interpreted. And the gifts of tongues encourages the church to pray and praise God. As I gave you the example of Holy Trinity, it really was a moment where the Spirit inspired us. Where we were, you know, Holy Trinity was a really great place, but boy, it was hard work. And you'd go from, you know, victories to absolute slammers. And, you know, here was the Spirit saying, you know, I've got a word for you right now. And it led us to pray and praise. 1 Corinthians 14.5 says, The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets it so the church may be edified. So that word needs to, that tongue needs to be interpreted, okay? So that's the reasons we should go after it. Is it given instantly when a person believes in Jesus? Well, I don't think it is, right? We see in Acts there are times when people believe and they start speaking in tongues. So 
what Acts 10 would be an example of Cornelius' house. While Peter was still speaking these words, he was obviously going on, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Sam Storms writes in the book, in the book of Acts, some, but not all, received Christ as Savior, spoke in tongues immediately upon their conversion. There are several instances of conversion acts where no mention is made of speaking in tongues. This doesn't prove they didn't, but neither should one conclude that they did. You know, I didn't receive, the, I didn't start speaking in tongues when I, I had quite a significant moment where the Spirit fell on me when, when I was converted, I was born again, but I didn't start speaking in tongues. Now, I know some have, so, but that's, that's the Spirit's job to define that. So please, if you're sitting here today, go, well, I've read the Bible and I think this is what it says. Well, it's, I don't think it does say that, actually. And we sh shouldn't form theology from silence. So can anyone speak, uh, pray, or sing in tongues? So probably the key verse here is 1 Corinthians 14, 5, where it says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So what does Paul mean by this? Well, the first thing I want to say is that I think as we read 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, we see there is a difference between those who are given the gift of tongues for the body and those who are given the gift for their personal life of praise and worship. You know, I have, I've never spoken a tongue in a service or a prayer meeting, but I do pray in tongues, in my devotional life, and I sing in tongues. And Jack, Jack Hayford, great pastor, argued this. He said, the gift of tongues that is spoken in the body is limited in distribution. And it's public exercise to be closely governed. That means it needs to be interpreted and weighed up, just like a prophetic word. While the grace of tongues is so broadly available that Paul wished that all enjoyed its blessings. That, that's praying in tongues and singing in tongues, which includes distinctive communication with God, edifying of the believer private life, and worship and thanksgiving with beauty and propriety. So if, if I'm honest, I think God will not withhold the gift we want, which would draw, draw us closer to him. But I have to say, I do know friends who are passionate for Jesus who haven't got this gift. And so we just have to leave it up to the Holy Spirit. I think that shouldn't stop us from keep asking the Spirit for this gift. But we must do so with not falling into the trap of the Corinthians who thought that speaking in tongues was the ultimate gift. No, it's not. In all of this, God cares. And in all of this, I mean the whole gifts of the Spirit. God cares more for our character than our gifting. But it shouldn't stop us from going after the things of the Spirit. One of the people people who showed me the, reminded me really of the importance of praying in tongues was Jackie Pullinger. If you've ever met, met Jackie, she is a force of nature for the kingdom of God. And um, Jackie, as a, as a young lady, uh, went, got on a boat and said, uh, God, show me where I should get off in the 1960s. She felt God say, get off in Hong Kong. And then she went to minister in the walled city. Now, the walled city wasn't governed by the British or the Chinese. It was a place of absolute anarchy. There was about 5,000 people there, and there were high levels of criminality and immorality. And she was really struggling as she went in there to minister. 
But she was reminded of something. So let's just hear the testimony of Jackie Bullinger. The rows and the roads and the huts full of men who were taking heroin and to, to visit the opium dens. And uh, I was distressed that we didn't have an answer. Um, it didn't seem to be good enough to hand them a piece of paper and say, you know, register at such and such a, a clinic. Um, I was sure that if Jesus were here, he'd heal them. And I began to look at the Bible and I saw that he healed everybody who came to him, everybody. And uh, I thought it'd be wonderful to go down the lanes, you know, lay your hands on blind people and see them seeing. I mean, that, that would be a whole lot more fun and real than saying, come to our Sunday service. You know, because they, they, they don't want to come to your Sunday service. They haven't got shoes and they can't read, you know. So it's, you know, it's not relevant. And I saw that um, Jesus and his disciples had this power. And even when Jesus went, the disciples went on healing people. And Jesus said we were supposed to. Now, I remembered that when I left England, I knew of a person whom I greatly respected, who's um, in the Anglican church, who was reputed to speak in tongues. Um, and he had a very remarkable uh, and, and real ministry. So uh, I, I, I thought some of this might be connected, and I read more books. And uh, the, the sound of the gift of tongues was great because apparently suddenly you had words which you, you hadn't learned, which enabled you to express all that was in your heart without being confined by the limits of your own expression. If God has anything from his spirit that will help me to be real to people, I don't want to just preach, then I'd like that. So I said, Jesus, that's what I'd like, and I'll decide what to call it later. I met this couple on the edge of the walled city one night, and as soon as I saw them, I just knew they'd got whatever it was. So I went up to this couple's house, and they came to pray for me, and they put their hands on my head, you know. But then they told me to speak in tongues, and I was quite annoyed about that, because I wasn't going to perform, you know. I thought, if God's going to do it, he's going to do it. So I, I kept my mouth firmly shut, and of course nothing happened, except I got hot. Um, and it was very humid, and I stuck to the seat, and I was terribly embarrassed, because they got this plate of oranges, and which was to celebrate, and this plate of flannels for me to cry into. And um, and all I could think about during that awful time was, oh, God, they're, they're not going to need either plate. And uh, finally, I, I was so embarrassed that I opened my mouth to say, help God, in English. And when I opened my mouth, of course, he was able to give me a new language, which came up quite fluently. From then on, she prayed in tongues every day for 15 minutes by the clock. And I would say before I began... Lord, there are all these people dying. You want them to have life, and I want them to have life. Please help me now to pray for them with your understanding, because when you pray in tongues, you pray according to the Spirit of God, and he knows how to pray for those people better. And the extraordinary thing was that a few weeks after beginning to do this, I found I'd tell people about Jesus, and they'd believe. 
And um, at first I thought my language was, had, had improved and my Chinese had suddenly got good. And then I realized I was saying exactly the same things I'd said before. But this time I was saying them to the right people. I was saying them to people who were all ready to hear, who immediately understood it. It's incredible. And when you meet the men and the women who uh, have been saved through a ministry, it's, it's just remarkable that these people are on heroin and opiates and, and now they're preaching the gospel. It's just but praying in tongues is a, is a significant part of what they do. You know, maybe you're here and you want that gift and, and you're not yet speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, but you have a desire to. I'd like to just say a few things to you. Firstly, don't be afraid of this gift, but keep asking for it. If you have, uh, you, if you receive it, you're not going to lose control. You don't, you know, it's not some kind of, you know, the Holy Spirit falls in you and for the next 10 minutes you're like some maniac. No, actually... You don't lose control. You're in control, but you pray with the Spirit. You don't have to put your brain on ice to pray in tongues. You don't have to make it up if you've not received it. Just, you know, just keep asking, keep praying, keep persevering, and um, devote yourself to extended periods of praise where when you ask for it, the, the Spirit might fall on you, and you might be given that gift. So how can we receive this gift? Well, remember... I just prayed. I just asked my friend, and he prayed for me, and then he went off. There wasn't any hype. I just asked. And then I found myself that I had a new language, a heavenly language to pray. And I'd really encourage you. We're going to have the ministry team down in a minute. And if you'd just like to receive this gift or ask the Holy Spirit for this gift, then just come down, and all the ministry team are going to do is they're going to pray for you to receive the gift of tongues. And then it's up to the Holy Spirit. Okay, There's no pressure here. There's no hype here. If the Spirit wants to give it, he'll give it to you. And then what I'd encourage you to do is just to go back to your seat. Once you've just been prayed, it's not a long prayer. And um, prayer ministry team, can you not pray over them in tongues? Okay, Because I don't want them to copy. There's, there's, I don't want anything hyped. If it's the Spirit, it's the Spirit. Okay, So just pray, uh, ministry team, that they receive the gift. And then what I'd encourage you to do is to go back. And then just put your hands out. And as, as, as our leaders in worship, just start to pray. Start to praise. And just see what happens. But don't go, oh, just help, Lord. Okay? Now, if you do start praying in another language, start praising, do you know what the first thing that the enemy will fire at you is? This is just gobbledygook. You're talking nonsense. And it's not. And I would just encourage you to keep praying, keep using this gift, and see what happens, just as Jackie Punja did. Remember, four to six weeks, and then she saw people coming to faith. The important thing is that you begin to speak and do not copy anyone else. Remember, you're the one who operates the gift. It is a matter of your will. If you do um, speak in tongues, I really encourage you um, how do you grow in this gift? Well, you just practice it. Whether you're in you know, the car or you're in your devotional, just start your praying. Use it as a gift God has given you to do this. It allows us to pray constantly, to pray at all times in the Spirit. When we pray in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit praying through us. So it's an excellent way of communicating with the Lord. 
whether, you know, whenever you find yourself challenged for a family need or a situation at work or I often just pray in tongues because often I just don't know what to pray and often sometimes I get a revelation as I do pray. So uh, I wonder, could the prayer ministry team come just down to over there, um, just in front of the speakers, that would be great. And um, I just really encourage you, church, if you, if you do uh, pray in tongues, speaking tongues, then please keep doing it. It's going to bring, just bless your life. And if you've stopped doing it, why don't, you, when, why don't you start doing it again? But if you'd like to receive the gift this morning, remember that's just the Holy Spirit. If he wants to give it, he'll give it. And um, why don't you come down and the team will just pray for you. There's no hype here. It's just in all of this, if it's going to happen, the Holy Spirit will do it. So let's stand. And we've, got, we've, we've only got 10 minutes to do this. Okay, well, we've got longer, but all um, the parents of children need to go and uh, collect their children today, okay? So at 12, uh, parents, can, if you've got children, can you go and get, get them just so that we can, everyone is safe and knows where they are. But you can come back in and get more prayer if you want. But let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And we thank you that you're the gift giver, Holy Spirit, that it's up to you and not us. And so we just ask you to come. I just pray for the ministry team, that you'll bless them as people comes up. And that we want, we're desperate for this gift, Lord, because it deepens our relationship with you. It allows us to pray um, in the spirit. And it builds us up as Christians. So, Lord, would you just release this gift to your church, we pray in Jesus' name.